Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mental Maintenance Podcast. Episode 17. Oh, yeah. We're so close to 20. That's cool. Um, this episode, we talked to AJ Laranaga. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of realized at the very beginning of the episode that him and I had never really talked before, but we've known each other or of each other for a long time. Um, he played hockey with my husband, Stephen, um, uh, several years ago, like their first year in men's league when they were both little babies. Young men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like talking to him, though. It was um, it was fun to see you guys have that connection, obviously. Like, like you were saying, like you knew each other, but you hadn't. Yeah. Ever necessarily, like, talk. Yeah, we didn't really yeah. ever have a conversation until we recorded. hmm And then the fact that, you know, you were following along mm-hmm. during um, his whole process with Lucas, which is what he talks about. Yeah, I guess just to kind of give you guys an idea of what we're going to talk about in this episode, um, AJ and his now wife, Rachel, uh, were pregnant around the same time that Stephen and I were pregnant with Charlotte. Um, And about a month after we had Charlotte, they had Lucas. And unfortunately, uh, Lucas um, passed away. And and that's what uh, a lot of the bulk of the episode is about is, you know, AJ's journey through that and and Rachel's journey through that a little bit. Um, she was not able to be on the episode with us, but, you know, they talk, kind of shared their story. Um, AJ did mention that he regretted that he didn't say the actual dates for Lucas's. Um, I'm here. Uh, yeah, like his da- his birthday and then the date that he passed away. So he Lucas was born on March 31st of 2017, and he passed away on April 7th of 2017. Um, so I, I mentioned to him that we would definitely give those dates in the intro. Mm-hmm. I like talking to him because um, as, I mean, kind of tragic as mm-hmm. his story was, he was very, um, I don't know, calming in a way of yeah. like how he was talking about it. When he was talking about it, you could tell that he obviously is to a point where talking and I think he mentions that talking about Lucas is more of a celebration at this point than it is um, sad I mean I think it will mm-hmm. always be sad but he enjoys talking about it. yeah and you can tell he's definitely processed mm-hmm. you he's know. very optimistic yeah yeah super optimistic um, and it, he talks about that as well in the episode and his struggle with um, addiction mm-hmm. after the passing of Lucas and how he got out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are, you know, some some triggers in this episode. Um, we do talk about addiction. We do talk about, you know, losing a an infant. Um, so just keep a keep a heads up on that, I guess. Yeah. Um, but we don't want to go too much into his episodes, so you can just listen to it. Uh, but we do have a few housekeeping items to go over. One, we made stickers, and they Yay. are for sale. So um, if you've, well, you've probably seen them on our Instagram um, or any of our other social medias. We've been sharing a little bit, but 
They're super cute. It's just our logo, and we'd love for you guys to rep them. So They're really nice stickers, too. They're yeah. vinyl, waterproof, so they go great on water bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, like the best of the best, the best. stickers. Yes. <laughs> so if you need one, just get in contact with us, however suits you best. Um, email. If you know us, text us, social media. Yeah about it absolutely um and the other thing that we wanted to, i just want to touch on is um i we can tell that a lot of you listen through apple podcasts and we are not getting a we can see that a lot of people are downloading which is amazing and we absolutely love every single one of you um apple podcast is really kind of weird with their algorithms and we just want to make sure that um if you can, uh, if we don't get, Apple Podcast doesn't give us basically the credit for an episode um, unless it's listened all the way through. So if you just get to the outro and you're like, oh, I know their outro, I've heard it every single episode, you know, and you, you move forward, um, just make sure that episode finishes out because that's the only way that, like, we get the play and then in turn the more plays we have the more likely we are to be found by other people yeah so yeah so help us help other people even if you just skip through and the and the episode and that will yeah just give us better chances to help other people so yeah if you don't mind (laughs) do it okay (laughs) is that it yeah that's it cool enjoy did you play hockey with steven I did, uh, played, I played with him, um, as he referred to his beer league in the mm-hmm. episode last, the other day. Um, and I was always curious that like my, my name, my family was, is kind of synonymous with Fairbanks hockey. And, you know, I kind of know everyone in that hockey community and I'd never, I had no idea who he was until I met him in men's league. And he's like really good. So I was like, who in the hell, where'd this kid come from? <laughs> I've never heard of him before, but yeah, that's, that's where I met Steven at, um, was, was playing men's league. That's cool. And, and so that you- was, that was shortly after I got done playing juniors, uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, that I know he talked about playing or wanted to play um and you can only be 20 years old once you're 20 um you can play that last season of being 20 years old and then you can't play in that in in any junior league anymore after that so oh, okay i came back home to alaska after juniors and then just started playing uh, men's league nice and you grew up playing hockey oh yeah yep i played since i was geez before i could talk i feel like i was probably skating around <laughs> I think that's how Steven feels too is that he was skating before he's he was really doing anything else yeah well and yeah for sure for him there's not a whole lot to do out there other than (laughs) play hockey it sounds like and so that's I mean excuse me uh I'm trying to think back I don't even know that we ever really did anything outside of like that's really how I know you I I guess maybe I thought that you guys knew each other before men's league I didn't realize you had met in men's league and that was like when it's when your friendship whatever started yeah no that was that was it and um I I don't think I've ever we we talked a bit um me and Steven did and then I moved out of the state 
a couple of years after that. And really, that was the only only thing I knew him from and hung out with him at was hockey. Yeah, and I feel like um, sh- like you guys, uh, Rachel got pregnant very, I want to say very shortly after I got pregnant. I think that's like you and Steven ha- seem to have a very similar timeline as far as like hockey and then relationships and then uh, like we us getting you know both having kids around the same time or getting pregnant at the same time yeah yeah um I don't remember exactly but I do remember like seeing posts um from you and him on Facebook right at the same time we were kind of I think we were a little behind you guys yeah I think you guys were like a month a month or Hmm. A little bit over a month, maybe, like, behind us. Yeah. Um, and we were in, in we were in South Dakota, and we kind of, we moved to Montana, right, as she was, like, right in the very beginning of her pregnancy, we moved to Montana, um, and then that's when, that's where we kind of got settled in there. She found a doctor, um, and we had a few appointments you know, ultrasounds and stuff like that. Uh, when we went in for the 20 week ultrasound is when, you know, you find out the sex and everything. Um, so we, we did the ultrasound early in the week and Friday, um, Rachel went with her mom to, or no, she didn't go anywhere. They called her with results. They, you know, they look over everything and then, you know, um, but that was when they found, uh, cysts in his kidneys on that ultrasound. Um, and that was surprisingly kind of a, a vague thing. They're like, it could be this, it could be that. But, but what they were calling it at the time was polycystic kidney disease. Um, you know, and that was obviously kind of a shock. Um, I didn't know what it really meant as far as, uh, uh how things would be for Lucas. <clears throat> But that obviously, uh, you kind of set the tone for the rest of the pregnancy, mm-hmm. um, just a lot of stressing and, and worrying, you know, and what ifs, which I'm not a fan of what ifs at all. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, so um, it wasn't until he was born that they'd found, you know, he was, he was probably four, four or five days old when they um, actually gave him his diagnosis and found his um, genetic disorder through blood work. Um, so to go back to the, the pregnancy was long and hard, you know. Um, I, I don't remember much of what the doctors were telling us, you know, in between the 20 weeks on. It was kind of a blur, you know, really the whole entire thing was kind of a blur. Um, Sure. But so we lived in Helena, Montana, and we had to go see a specialist in Missoula. Um, He was kind of, I don't want to say the one and only doctor, definitely the best one to see in Montana. Um, But we went back and forth from Helena to Missoula for a few appointments and then it was like well we can't really do much more for you here like you're gonna have to go somewhere um 
like a specialist hospital. So we ended up going to Seattle, um, Seattle Children's. And I mean, we had all kinds of appointments all over the place there. And I was back and forth. I would go there for like a week, um, you know, go to all the appointments. And in the meantime, we were just kind of wasting time. Um, but then I would go back home and work for a couple weeks and then I would go back out to Seattle. And eventually, obviously, I stayed in Seattle. And um, so once he was born, um, he was, I think, five pounds, 14 ounces, something along those lines. He wasn't very big, which we kind of yeah. knew. Um, and you could really see his, his kidneys, like his sides were really bulged out. Um, but a big thing was his lungs, if his lungs were going to work right. Um, and if he was urinating, that type of stuff to, mm. if he had kidney function, which he did, everything actually looked really good when he was first born. Um, was he born early at all? Technically he was full term. Okay. Mm. Um, I mean, it was kind of right on the borderline, um, and I want to say she got induced. That could have been Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, and, and actually she did get an epidural with Lucas um, and it didn't take too, too long. Um, you know, it's not like she was in labor for a day or anything. Right. Um, and I mean, through the whole thing, she was obviously we're all, you know, scared and stressed and nervous, but Rachel actually handled it very, very well. Um, I was surprised that, you know, once it came time to, to do the thing and get him out, she just was all business and, <laughs> and, and got him out. And, and obviously knowing with what was wrong, you know, they, you know, he, he came out and they just kind of took him like, here. Yeah. They, they handed him to Rachel and she held him for a few seconds and then they grabbed him and took him away and put a big gown on me and I went with them and you know they weighed him and everything and then um so he was born in the University of Washington hospital um and they have a NICU there that he, we stayed the night there the first night um and and again everything looked you know he was doing okay he was breathing fine um he was functioning you know and he was looking around and stuff too and so you know it was kind of um you know made me feel a little bit better you know because yeah. it wasn't this this scary thing like he was here and he was okay <clears throat> and i'm a very you know optimistic person i don't it's hard for me to see the negatives in anything and so this well, whole there's time, where you and steven differ yeah <laughs> yeah and that's i've i've kind of found out there's not a lot of people that that are kind of the same way as me is um you know even this this big scary situation it was hard for me to see any any negative thing so like in my mind he he was going to be special needs you know if he needed a dialysis machine whatever that meant um through the whole process in my mind it was just like he's going to be born and whatever we have to do to take care of him is what we're going to do. Like, that's just the way it's going to be. Um, you know, and so uh, it wasn't until 
they really gave us the diagnosis that it even crossed my mind that he wasn't going to live. Yeah. Um, and uh, where was I? So we, we stayed the first night in the NICU at University of Washington and then um, put him in an ambulance and they took us to Seattle Children's, which is an amazing place. It's crazy. Nice. Um, everyone was really good there. And we never saw a single bill from Seattle Children's, period. We didn't pay them a dime um, for the week that we spent there with Lucas. So, you know, that obviously is a big help because that could have been a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but so we we got him there. We got him situated. And one of the toughest things for me personally was you can't stay in the room. You can't sleep there. Um, mm. So So you had to leave the hospital and go back. We were staying at the Ronald McDonald house. Um, so we had to go back there and sleep. And then, um, you know, it was just kind of tough knowing that he was there alone, you know? Yeah, for uh, sure. But, but there was nothing, you know, nothing we could do. I stayed as late. I mean, I would stay there until four or five in the morning and then just until I couldn't hold my eyes open anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, before I would go back and take a little, a little nap. And, um, so the first couple of days in Seattle children's was a lot of, uh, testing. Um, I remember they just, they would have someone come in and talk to us, uh, about who they were, that what they were doing. And I'm sorry that I don't know, um, each each thing they did because it was, it was a lot. Um, but they yeah. would have doctor, a doctor would come talk to us. Uh, and then their team would come in after and do whatever their tests were. Like I remember one, they had these little sensors just all over his body. Um, but it was, it was just kind of that over and over a lot of testing. Um, and they had to prick his heel like all the time. I remember I felt so bad. They had to come and prick his heel and get blood from him. Um, and so I remember I had just gone to our room and like, I had been, I had been sleeping for maybe 30 minutes and Rachel called me and she said, you need to come back. And I was like, well, I just went to sleep, you know, what the hell, like <laughs> I really need to get up and come back, um, right now. But I did. And that was, it was because they, they'd run all their blood work and finally got a, diagnosis for him and they took us in this little room me and Rachel and her mom her mom was with us from day one wow most appointments um she's she was with Rachel in Washington the entire time uh so she was she was there every step of the way her parents were huge for this whole I mean have been huge for us ever since I've been with Rachel but um especially through this you know, helping us get to appointments, helping us with money, anything we really needed. They were, they were there for us. Um, so they took us in this little room, uh, and it, I mean, it, it was up until they basically said he is not going to survive that it never crossed my mind. So, um, what they said was he had something called gluteric acidemia type two, which is a genetic disorder. Um, so, me and Rachel are both carriers of this gene, uh, and he basically got the uh, the 
carrier gene from both of us. So it was just kind of like short end of the stick from me and from Rachel, which uh, what the what the disorder is, uh, is he his body wasn't able to break down fats or proteins. So any milk, any any nutrients that he ate, his body couldn't process it um, into basically energy. So um, it was it was they would feed him uh, or not feed him, but in his IV, they put this. Um, it just kind of looked like milk uh, in his IV to to feed him. And I guess it was they were saying the lesser of two evils. It's either his body's going to try and process this or it's going to kind of deteriorate um, himself. You know what I mean? It's it's hard to describe exactly um, how it works, but the easy way to say it is he couldn't he couldn't break down nutrients that we fed him. Yeah. Um, and so it you know the whole polycystic kidney disease was just a symptom of disorder that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, obviously that was like world crashing, you know, we, I didn't even know what, what to think. I just kept apologizing to Rachel and to my mother-in-law, you know, obviously for Rachel, it's like, you're going through this terrible thing. You're so worried and, and there's nothing you can do. That yeah. was probably the biggest thing. It's like no amount of money in the world, doctors, nothing could have helped him um and then so after that they gave us the diagnosis and then we moved they moved us to this bigger it was kind of like a double room um and that was then it was like you all bets are off there's no rules you can sleep here doesn't matter Mm. um and that was that was my mom was already there um and then my my dad came down from alaska you know as soon as he could Basically, it was kind of like we got to get everybody here that we can um, right. to, to see him and meet him. And they even let us uh, take our dog up up there <laughs> into the room to see him. Um, my father-in-law drove them out, uh, his dog and then our dog from Montana. He, our dog's just a little guy, so <laughs> we, we got to take him up in the room and, and they got to meet um, – and so that was, that was once we, once we kind of had everyone there, um, I don't think that he was suffering. I don't think he was in pain, but you could just kind of tell he wasn't, um, he, his eyes weren't open as much. He wasn't really looking around anymore. Um, he was, you know, moving his arms and legs in the beginning and, um, what the, from the disorder, since he couldn't break down nutrients, it was breaking his body down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, I could, you could kind of tell like his legs were getting real skinny. Um, and so we eventually, we just made the the call, I guess, to take out the IV because, you know, they could have kept him plugged in for however long he would have lasted, but we didn't like that. He just was, you know, just kind of there and, yeah. you know, it, it was, obviously very tough but and I know this makes zero sense it was very hard but it was also kind of the easiest thing in the world to say okay you know like enough is enough um and so 
they they took out his IV and everyone left us alone, just me and Rachel and him. And um, he just kind of laid on Rachel's chest with me next to him in bed. And I mean, it was actually, it was peaceful. Um, and like I said, I don't think he was in any pain. Um, and for me now, um, a couple years removed, it's, it's not, obviously it's, it's sad. It's a terrible thing to deal with and go through, but it, he, to me, is a happy memory. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, for every once in a while I, I get sad when I think about him and I miss him. But, uh, when I think about him and, and that week that we had with him and holding him, it, I just don't get sad. It, you know, I, I smile more often than not. Um, and you know, it's unless you've been through this or know someone close to you who's been something through something similar, it's it's really hard to explain that. It, you know, it uh, it makes it. He makes me happy. You know, he's still my son. Um, and outside of when Isaac was born, that was the you know the best best week because I got to you know I got to hold my son. And it, yeah. regardless of, of everything that happened, it was still, um, you know, still my baby. Um, and, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I, I can, I see where you're coming from, you know, like he did, he did make it earth side and you did get to spend that physical time with him, even though it was short. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I can, it's, it's hard to like fit to, for, for me to think of, think about like, you know, going through that experience just because we, you know, we had no, no trouble, no complications or anything like that. Um, other than me having like preeclampsia towards the end, but um, I remember just feeling like super almost like guilty and just so sad for you guys when it happened. But it's amazing that, you know, you're right. I mean, you, d you did get to spend that, that week with him. And I bet that's something that it, it sounds like you're incredibly thankful for. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, as as bad as it was, you know, there's a lot of people who don't get to meet their baby. Mm -hmm. You know, they're stillborn, or they, are, you know, um, any number of other things can happen. So we did get that time with him. We got to make memories. Um, um, the the NICU there is it's full. You know, I don't, there wasn't very many open rooms, so it's, it's a, it's kind of a grim place. Everybody in there has got a, a newborn baby and in the hospital, there's some issue. So it's not like, you know, there, uh, there's a lot of sadness going through there and, um, just, I guess, walking through there with my dog in my arms, it was kind of surreal. Um, and, and he did get to meet everyone except my one of my brothers and um, Rachel's brother got there I mean uh, hours after he, after he had passed 
but he met, you know, all of his grandparents, Rachel's sister and her family. Um, my brother and sister-in-law made it, um, you know, we, we got a lot of people there. Um, and so what was I, um, yes, after not to just move right on from Lucas, um, but <laughs> we, we kind of packed up, um, and went home and, uh, I stayed an extra day. I stayed overnight one night myself, um, and waited to go and get his ashes. Um, mm-hmm. and then, and then I flew back home and alone and Rachel drove back with her parents, um, and so, you know, you, you think life after that happens is it, it was like we went through this pregnancy, um, you know, we went through everything with the doctors and, and all that. And then we, we get back home and it's like there's there's no baby stuff, no toys, no crib. And it just kind of like life just went on like it never happened. You know, there was no it's it's hard to it's a hard thing to describe going through that and then um i i think i took a week and a half maybe two weeks after we went home and then i went back to work um and that probably was a bad decision um i have always been and still a little bit am a um you know i cram things down uh don't you know I, I i can't i'm blanking on the word right now basically just like not uh just put it away and move on like there's yeah, no like yeah um i i yeah that's that's that was my way of dealing with it um and then shortly after that turned into uh pain pills mm-hmm. and then it slowly um you know i kind of felt like I was trying to do, do everything um, and as far as work goes and like be there for Rachel and whatever she needed and and then not acknowledging um, you know what I was feeling and so I basically had just found a cover-up um, for it in in pain pills and that not even really slowly kind of quickly progressed into like daily um, that I was I was using daily. Um, that was the only thing I could do to, you know, I don't want to say uh, help the pain, but you numb know, the help, pain. He, yeah, help the feeling. I didn't I didn't want to feel that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I kind of felt like I we had gone through enough. I guess was my like justification for it, um, but I think it was not a great decision to just go straight back to work because then then it was really you know I, I'm working and then when I come home there's no like I said there's no crib baby toys bottles all that it, all the stuff that comes with the baby just wasn't there mm-hmm. um, you know and <clears throat> um, so that went on for quite a while uh, me using and I hit it I not a single soul knew not even Rachel um, you know, I wasn't, uh, I was very functioning. I, I went to work every day, um, kind of just did what I had to do bare minimum type thing. And, um, 
and even after we found out Rachel was pregnant with Isaac, uh, you know, I was kind of past the point of no return to just drop it. Um, but then, so basically in, in March of, um, was it 20? Yeah. March of 2018, I went to rehab, um, an hour and a half away from Helena where we lived, uh, for a month, a 30 day program inpatient. So I stayed there. I was away from Rachel while she was in the middle of her pregnancy with, with Isaac, which was, um, outside of, uh, knowing there was an issue like you know we knew he was a healthy baby it was a very rough pregnancy um for rachel she had gestational diabetes uh so her eating was like incredibly strict yeah and um so i well while i was in rehab she had to go to missoula to the specialist who we had seen before with lucas uh to get a cerclage and then you know, I'm I'm up in Great Falls, uh, Montana, an hour and a half away. Just I can't do anything. And I remember that day in rehab, I just like shut down. I didn't. I just laid there. I didn't do anything because I felt so guilty. Like I'm here taking care of myself, um, and and Rachel's in a very tough spot. You know, and of course, of course, it's going through your mind again. Like like not again. You know. Yeah. Um, it, it just, that was a very hard couple of weeks. Um, but it all, it all went like, it, like I said, it was rough, but, um, I mean, obviously Isaac's here, he's healthy and, um, doing his best to leave us in the dust. We're <laughs> struggling to keep up with him now. He's huge. Um, um, just real quick to go back to when she was pregnant with Isaac, um, how did you, did she find out? Did you tell her? Like, how did you get to the decision that you needed to go to rehab? Find help, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, I think, three months until his due date. He was born in July. Sorry, doing quick math. <laughs> yeah, three months before he was, you know, his due date. Um, and I just couldn't stomach being um, addicted to, you know, ha- uh, pain pills, having to have a substance in my life every single day. Like, I felt like he didn't deserve that. Um, I didn't, I had to, I had to quit doing what I was doing before he was born. Um you know, and I, it just, like, it was just something kind of, I got to do this. Um, you know, obviously there was, it wasn't such a quick, like, oh, hey, I, you know, I've been doing this. I got to go to rehab. It was a big, mm-hmm. a big yeah. thing, you know, like I've been hiding this from everybody in my life. Um, and we were, we were a little secluded in Montana, like her parents were there. But then other than that, we, we don't, we didn't have any friends there that was our only family were her parents. Um, I worked a lot, you know, I, you know, it was just, uh, it's just a bad routine that, that I was in. And then of course, Rachel was having a tough time too. So I just felt I'm, I've been being very selfish. Um, 
and I didn't, I, I couldn't continue it until he was born. Like I just, I guess, um, I had to make a change for him and obviously for myself and Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, looking back, do you, I know it's, um, looking back, I mean, definitely proud of yourself for making that decision or coming to that term. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to say proud, uh, because, well, yeah, I mean, yes, it definitely was the right thing to do. Um, but just, I guess the way I see it now is like, how could I, uh, you know, do what I was doing, uh, I guess to Rachel, first of all, um, not a, I don't like to, I guess, think of myself, like, obviously what I was doing to myself was terrible and unhealthy. Um, but I kind of, I think maybe did it more for them than myself. But with that being said, uh, going to an inpatient rehab is a very, very personal thing. Um, selfish, I guess. And that's, that's something they kind of preach there was like this, you have to be very selfish. Um, to, to kind of do this process because it's all about you wasn't about anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to do this for yourself. Uh, so, which is very much against kind of the way I am. I'm not a very selfish person. Um, but it definitely, definitely was the right move. Um, in the end of March of this year, I'll be sober two years. Wow. And, and that is, you know, I, again, I hate making things about myself, but that is a, a huge accomplishment. And I can say, you know, proudly, I've, I've had a single drink or pill or toke or anything of any substance as long as Isaac's been alive. Um, That's awesome. You know, and kind of plan on keeping it that way as long as, yeah. as I'm here. For sure. Um, I guess I'm just kind of more curious too. I mean, obviously the second pregnancy was hard on you guys as well, but after you got back from rehab, was there any point where you guys felt like peace and solace of like, um, I don't know, were you guys always nervous like the whole way up until Isaac was born? Um, yeah, I'm, I feel like, like the end of it was was kind of comfortable like uh, uh, uh probably not for rachel i'm sure if she were here talking <laughs> to us too it would be a little bit of a different story but um i don't remember sensing having any you know big fear mm-hmm. we knew uh her her doctors were awesome and you know they they were pretty good at putting us at ease and putting rachel at ease which is uh no small feat you know, she's, <laughs> she's a warrior. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, good at the end, you know, it was, it was very rough there in the middle, but, um, things were pretty smooth. Uh, pretty much the last one, once I came back, it wasn't, it wasn't all roses, but, um, I feel like it could have been a lot worse. We didn't have to go anywhere. You know, he was born right there in Helena, the, the, um, she actually um, 
dilated very quickly and wasn't able to get an epidural for Isaac. Oh. <laughs> um, so like by the time the guy got there, he was like, yeah, you're sorry, too sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry, kid. Yep. Um, but no, it, it was quick. I want to say 30, 40 minutes and he was here. Wow. That's Came awesome. out screaming. He had a full head of hair and <laughs> yeah, he's, um, He's awesome. I, I can't even, that's a whole other episode. I'm sure talking about <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> he's the cutest too. He's got the cutest little like cheeks and yeah. Yeah. He, he got a little bit of both of us. I think he looks more like his mom though. Luckily. <laughs> Did you have any, um, I guess, I don't know how personal of a question this is. <laughs> I don't have to answer this, but was Isaac planned? Yes. Oh, yeah, very much so. Okay. Um, so because you guys are both carriers of the um, genetic a, disorder, is that a, something? Yeah, uh, GA2 is for short what we call it. But, yeah, we both – we had to do – genetic testing, me and Rachel had to have blood drawn to basically figure out um, that we were carriers. And, you know, uh, she did have to, one of the trips in Missoula for the specialists was they had to get um, his DNA, Isaac's, when he was, you know, this was, I can't remember how long, how far along she was, um, but they tested his DNA um, to see if he was a carrier or not, you know, basically to see if the same thing was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, I cannot think of the name of the procedure. Yeah, there's, there's so much. Um, yeah, I bet. There's so much stuff that, you know, I wish I kind of had like a, some kind of a journal or something on it. But yeah, they, they, they got his, um, DNA and tested it and basically we had to we had to get tested and then they tested him to kind of, you know as bad as it sounds it's like we're not gonna go through this whole pregnancy and have him born and kind of go through that same thing again mm -hmm. but but you know they it, it all worked they took his genes or his DNA and um he he's a carrier, obviously, and he got his carrier gene from me and then from Rachel. It, it, she didn't, or he didn't get her carrier gene as well. So we knew that it's kind of a fifty-fifty chance. It's knowing that me and Rachel are both carriers, he's either going to get one from me, one from her, or the one from both of us, like Lucas. Okay, so so is that the percentage if you have another child, like? 50% that they could have have the same thing like Lucas yeah yep um, wow. so and that was the big thing for us to get tested um, knowing now that you know knowing why it happened to Lucas we know we're both carriers so if she were to get pregnant again we'd have to do the same thing to see if they got both genes or one gene from both of or you know one from her one from me or none um, but even on top of that, it would be, uh, she would almost certainly have gestational diabetes with another pregnancy, you know, so there's a lot of, 
So many factors. Stuff that would go into and go into that, you know. Yeah. So did you what and how, this particular what what do you call it G A two? Yeah, G A two is the the short the abbreviation for it. Um, is how common is that? Like, how common is it to have it? How for you to be a carrier? It is very rare. Um, wow, one in geez, a hundred thousand maybe. I want to oh, say it. I know. I know they gave us a number, and that's yeah. another thing, you know. It, but it's it's rare. It's very rare, because it's rare basically for someone to be a carrier of it. And the fact that me and Rachel were both carriers, and then the fact that Lucas got both genes, it is just yeah. It's it's, it's not like a super, common thing. Super rare. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. So so it's not something that like because I I never remember them bringing that up that particular like disorder or anything up in any of my like pregnancy visits or anything. Um, I've never heard of it before. So yeah. the fact that you've, you both are carriers and it's, it's never happened before in, in your family or her family. Nope. Nope. That was, wow. um, I remember going to see someone in Seattle and they were asking us all kinds of questions about, um, all, like all of our extended family, what kind of diseases or cancer, high blood pressure, anything um, from both sides of our families, you know, that could lead to it. And this was before they, they knew what it was, Yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, that's, it is very, very rare. And I mean, there's probably a ton of people that have the gene, but then it's a matter of them, you know, having a baby with someone else who has that gene. Mm-hmm. which it, that's rare in itself, you know? Yeah. Um, I, th- I'm sure they gave us some kind of figures and numbers <laughs> on, on how many people are carriers of this gene, but I cannot recall them. Yeah. Well, maybe we could, we could probably look it up later, maybe say mm-hmm. it in the intro or something, just if people yeah. are curious, but it's yeah. just crazy to me that it, it's already rare to be a carrier, but then it's even that much ro- more rare for both of you to be carriers. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah. That's and crazy. then, yeah. And then on top of it, uh, Luke is getting both genes. Like Isaac, Isaac only got one. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, so it just, it was just a perfect storm. Um, yeah. And obviously there was, there was a time there where we were, you know, we we're pissed, you know, it's like, what the hell? Like, why, why us, you know, and obviously no one else had, you know, no one has any hand in this, like, uh, you know, yeah. but it's we at the time that we knew a lot of people who were either pregnant or just had babies and it, seeing everybody on Facebook, you know, it's just like everything was perfect. But then for us, it was just this nightmare. Yeah. Which, which obviously I know, um, isn't the right way to look at things, but in the, in the moment when you're going through that, it's kind of hard to. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I would say damn near impossible to not question, especially. Yeah. Cause I feel like everybody was, was pregnant or yeah. Like having kids around that time too. Yeah. There was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, but like I said, it's um, being removed from it for a while. It, you know, we, have both obviously reflected and and every day you know he crosses your mind in one way or another 
um, I'm happy that we got the time that we did because yeah. we, you know, we had a whole entire week when a lot, you know, like I said, a lot of people don't get anything. Um, and that in the first year was, you know, so he'll, his, um, the fir- his first birthday, I was in rehab. So I wasn't even with Rachel. Um, you know, that was, that was another tough thing. And then for me, being in rehab, uh, you know, I'm not with any family, you know, and it's his first birthday. I felt like it should have been something special, you know, and, yeah. and here I am, you know, it, it just, it was, a uh, it was a tough thing to do, but it kind of had to be done. Um, and being able to look back now, I think things could have been a lot worse, you know, if I hadn't gone at all you know who yeah. knows yeah who knows where we would be but um you know uh, things aren't perfect now but we're we're all healthy and uh we moved back to south dakota about four months ago from okay. montana so um i mean i luckily got a good job here and rachel's working and isaac's growing and we're just kind of <laughs> living life you know it's it's like i said been a whirlwind and i mean up until today it's still things are it's just crazy um where we were a couple years ago yeah and and how is your um sobriety today like do you do anything to do you go to meetings do you what do you do to like stay you know i don't (laughs) um it, it probably sounds really bad but uh when i came home in montana when i came home from rehab i I went to meetings every single day Uh, i was going to an addiction counselor and that was i was kind of all about it like that was that was what i was doing and that's what i kind of convinced myself that i had to do to keep my sobriety um but then once I, i think i went to a meeting like a couple days before isaac was born and that was the last one i went to I haven't been to one since I haven't gone to one here. Um, but it's, I guess, you know, there's a lot, a majority of people who are addicted to something or, um, I guess, I don't know how much you guys know about narcotics anonymous and, and, and alcoholics anonymous, but, and for, for NA and saying an addict is, it kind of covers everything. Um, right. It doesn't matter what, what it is alcohol included so there are a ton mostly the majority of people need to stay um stay constant in that stay in meetings and stay trying to you know do their steps um but i guess for me it um i isaac was kind of all i needed uh you know we're, we're busy i had i don't have any um temptations or cravings it's just kind of um, and I guess it's it's a bit of my personality. Like this is just kind of the way things are now. Mm-hmm. I you know I I don't drink, and it's easy. I mean, there's I have every opportunity in the world. Alcohol is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't want to. Um, I know where that road goes, and I don't want to go down it. And do you feel like if you ever did have like any temptation or anything like that, that you would that you would seek out like? something along those lines like a meeting or something just to like get yourself back on track or um 
Yeah, and I don't, it's not that I don't want to go, um, but between between work and Isaac and, yeah. and li- life, you know, there's just not a ton of time. But, yeah. Um, it gets and, crazy, man. <laughs> Even just one, like, just one kid is like, uh-huh. it's oh, nuts. Oh, I'm convinced, <laughs> I'm convinced Isaac is, he's... He's two babies in one. <laughs> he is he is hard to keep. He's a handful. Um, you know, How but old is he, now? he is eighteen months. Mm. No, no, no. Yeah, eighteen, eighteen <laughs> months. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, like I've had plenty of people offer me drinks. Uh, you know, like I said, it's, I, you have every opportunity in the world. If you want something, you're going to seek it. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, like I said, it's just kind of the way my brain works. Um, and I'm very, very lucky because I know plenty of people, um, my, my brother included, it's not that easy. Yeah. Um, He's... He's been to rehab oh, 10 times, probably. Holy moly. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a tough thing to overcome. And um, I, I feel lucky that, that I've kind of had the, the road that I've had um, with addiction. Um, because, uh, yeah, it's just like... If if I were to have some kind of craving or temptation, all I have to think of is uh, like Isaac, yeah, uh, or or even Rachel. Just yeah, uh, and and the way I see it is, even if you know I could I could probably go right now and have a beer, and that's it, and be fine. But then that leads to okay, I could have that. I had that one beer, and then that was it. And nothing happened. So I could. You know, I could do that again. I could do it again, yeah. Yeah. And it just kind of snowballs into, you know, getting drunk, and then I'm looking for other stuff. So, yeah. Um, it it is. I had to learn a lot, and um, kind of, you know, luckily I I was very active in in meetings and seeing counselor for for a few months there afterwards after rehab. Um. But yeah, it's it's basically just kind of the way my life is now. Um, yeah. We just a few weeks ago went to my uh, Christmas party for my company, which, uh, <laughs> you know, everyone was drinking. We went out to dinner and then after we went to bars and I mean, I was there hanging out. Everyone was drinking and I just didn't. Yeah. Well, that's good that you can put yourself in those situations and not have that temptation. Um, do you think that <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you think that uh, watching your brother go through what you did is what kind of did? Do you think that helped you in knowing, like, I need to take care of this now? Yeah, it absolutely helped. Um, and it was kind of a I don't want to say a dream. I, I really hoped that when he saw, like, oh shit, my little brother is kind of going through what I have been doing and now he's sober and he's been sober for X amount of days or whatever it is. Like I, th- I hoped it would kind of spark his, you know, and help him. Um, yeah. 
And again, that's just kind of the way I think it's always somebody else. Like, I hope, I hope this helps him. Yeah. You know, and that, that, that was a big motivator and it helped me, uh, helped me through it and it helps me stay sober. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, to answer your question, yes. <laughs> I'm just kind of curious, how did you and Rachel meet? We met through friends. Um, she was dating one of my buddies. Wait, I mean, I was like 20, maybe. Um, and that's that's where I met her, um, was just through mutual friends. And then I always joke and kind of give her crap. Like, I, I tried for a very long time before she started, you know, giving me any attention. <laughs> um, but eventually, yeah, she... She gave in, and here we are today. <laughs> she <laughs> <Nice>. gave in. <laughs> How do, are you still friends with the guy? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if I saw him, I would say hi, but we don't talk or anything. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, was she? Were you both, like, uh, wanting to get out of Alaska? Like, what, what prompted the move? Um, so, her... Dad was in the Air Force. That's how she got to Alaska. She had lived there since she was like eight. Um, he retired out of the Air Force and worked for UAF as an emergency manager for a number of years. And then he, um, his dad, who the rest of her family lives here in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Um, he, so Rachel's grandpa, he got sick. He had like West Nile virus. Jeez. Um, and so he was in the hospital for a long time because of that. And while he was in the hospital, he got like pneumonia. It was bad. I mean, he was really, really sick um, to the point where he still can't walk. He's he's in a wheelchair. Like his legs, he can move his legs. There's just there's just nothing there. Like wow. Um, but yeah, so her grandpa was got sick, and that's why they were moving back to South Dakota. Um, and it was, we hadn't really been together that long, maybe a year. And, um, and yeah, it was kind of either like, see you later or, okay, I'll come with you. So that's, yeah. that's how we got here. Um, and that was, it was tough when we first moved to South Dakota because we'd obviously we'd never lived together and that <laughs> we moved right into an apartment together. Uh, you know, there were some tough times there between us, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it, it worked. Um, so yeah, we were here in South Dakota. Then her dad took a job in Montana. We moved to Montana, moved back. It, we're we're kind of all over the map. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I, when we first started this, I didn't even, I wasn't sure what state you were in. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, we just came back here. Uh, and luckily I, cause I, um, when I first, when, the first time we moved to South Dakota from Alaska, I was working for DirecTV, which I, I did that for five years. Um, I'd actually transferred, I was able to transfer from, from South Dakota to Montana. And that was really the only reason we even went. Um, cause if I didn't have, if I had to like find a job in Montana, we wouldn't have been able to afford living there. So I, I was able to transfer um, with my job and, you know, keep my pay and all that stuff that really helped. Um, but then with, um, Isaac, 
I couldn't work. I, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be home at three o'clock or eight o'clock. And right. I didn't know where I was going or what I was doing until the morning of. So I wake up in the morning, I see what I'm doing, and then I go do my thing. And it was just the hours were too sporadic, and I was out of town a lot. Um, and that I just wasn't working because Rachel had, you know, we had all kinds of appointments. Um, we had to go to Missoula a lot to see the specialist, and this was with Isaac. Right. Um, and so that's where I stopped. And that's actually the, my job was feeding, um, you know, after Lucas, when I started using, um, I mean, I had access to people's houses. And it's not, you know, not everywhere, but that's where I would, um, if I could easily grab some pain pills, if they were sitting there, I would. I mean, that's that's to the point uh, of... That's you know, that's where it addiction took me was stealing from customers and people who trusted me. And it was just getting to a point where like, I, I can't keep doing it anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I stopped working there. Um, and I didn't work for probably six months, three months before and three months after Isaac was born. Um, and then, so where I was going with this whole thing is luckily I, I saw this random job posting on indeed for um, a cable technician. And so I applied and they called me right away. Uh, and it's, it's a very small company that's, there's only six of us. Um, the two guys and there's three owners, two of them in the office. And then there's four technicians who go out and do the work. And mm -hmm. they saw that I had experience, a lot of experience doing cable work and they hired me right on and they pay me very well and yeah so that again if I hadn't had this job things would not be you know as easy I don't want to say as easy but um you know it'd be a lot tougher again if we moved from Montana back to South Dakota and I had to just find any job yeah yeah so for sure through all these moves and through um, Lucas and through Isaac, uh, we have been very, very fortunate. Um, my insurance with when I was with DirecTV, it was actually I worked for AT&T. Uh, I mean, my benefits were really good. And Rachel was obviously on my insurance. And, you know, there there's just a ton of things. It's an endless list of things that did go in our favor. Things um, that fell as, into place. Yeah, as hard as it is to see it that way. Like I said, I'm ever an, an optimist. There, there really are a lot of things that kind of fell into place in our favor. Um, so, I mean, outside of obviously losing our child and having, having this traumatic experience, um, you know, we wouldn't, things wouldn't be the way they are today if we didn't go through what we went through. Yeah. I think it's really amazing that you can look at it that way. I mean, just hearing you talk about um, these experiences and especially talking about Lucas and your addiction, um, you just, you have a very incredible like outlook in general on, on life and, and your experiences. And I think that's really rare to find. So kudos to you. <laughs> Thank you. 
you, thank you. And that's I, I it's powerful, credit my, yeah. my 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 parents for sure, my dad especially, um, for for me being that way. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a fault at times, <laughs> but for the most part, um, you know, I guess the way I see it is life's too short to be constantly worried um, about things going wrong. Um, uh, there's some saying, you know, if you worry, then you're just going through this, you're going through it twice. It's if true. you worry, 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 and then things do go bad, then you're kind of going through the same thing twice, and then you worry, worry, worry. So it just, I guess, um, I would rather be happy and, and in the moment than what if this, what if that, and, it, you know, has has allowed me to, I guess, keep keep a positive outlook on things, even though um, we had kind of a shit storm there for a couple of years. Um, you know, <clears throat> it was tough. And I always think I, I can't imagine being in Rachel's shoes. Yeah. Uh, how that must have been for her after Lucas and then, and then your husband, you know, going to rehab and leaving. And it, it just, I feel bad. I, you know, feel bad uh, putting my family through that. But, but again, that's, that's led us to, to now right? where things are good. Uh, I, you know, thankful every day that, you know, we have, we have everything we need. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys have a really good support system as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, definitely. Her, uh, my family's kind of scattered. I have good relationships with everyone in my family, but, uh, we're all over the country. My, I have two older brothers. I'm the youngest of three. So my dad's still in Alaska. My mom is in North Carolina. My oldest brother is in Oregon. Middle brother is in California. Wow. <laughs> I'm here in South Dakota. But Rachel's, <laughs> Rachel's family is all here. And they, yeah, like I said, they were there every single step. And they did everything that they could to help, um, help us with, with everything. So I am very, very thankful that they are here and yes they're they're an amazing support system and that again um in montana it was just us and her parents which they did help a ton uh, with isaac but now being here and and there's family we take him to see his great-grandparents all the time they just love him to death oh that's awesome so it definitely he's you know he's got cousins and aunts and uncles here it's how fun much better yeah 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 for sure um, well, so we, uh, we always ask our guests to ask a, either a previous guest or us a question. Um, and your question was for Steven, which I honestly kind of figured <laughs> what happened. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny because I was like listening to all the episodes, trying to find some tidbit for a good question. And then the other day I saw a new episode with Steven. I was like, yes, it makes this so much easier for me. <laughs> Um, so you had asked, uh, why Steven didn't or wasn't able to pursue hockey more seriously. And if he regrets not trying to, um, and then you also said, because you regret not trying to play college. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm going to try Steven, Steven's texts are terrible. So I'm going to try to like read this where it's like 
he's gonna be mad that I said that. Um, so <laughs> Steven replied, um, there's a multitude of reasons I stopped playing. The biggest ones being concussions and other injuries, cost of playing, lack of opportunities from coaches. And honestly, I was good with the puck and in the zone, but I was horrible without the puck and not the best skater. Do I regret it? Not really. I was pretty banged up and had met and really liked Denise. I do wonder if I could have gone on and played D3 college or club, but I have a blast in beer league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beer league is way more fun. It's less pressure. Yeah, for sure. I know he gets like, he gets a lot of, you know, he has a lot of fun, uh, playing men's league and stuff. And I know there's definitely a part of him that regrets because he did he did get an offer when we were I would say like a few months into dating to go play in Maine um and he always says it's my fault when (laughs) 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 um I you know I think I told like I remember telling him like it, it's cool like I will support you going but I am not a long distance relationship person like yeah. so if, if you go like that's fine I, no hard feelings it's just we won't be together like and so he says up. that was me like <laughs> giving him this ultimatum but anyways <laughs> tell me how you really feel Jeez. <laughs> um, but uh, I know he's every year he's like I really want to invite AJ to the Labats tournament yeah, and uh, I think every year you've had something crazy going on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I was gonna. Say, I th- he did. He did say something about it to me. Uh, I don't remember when, but he. I think it was not him. Someone else did invite me to go up to the bats. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's, it wasn't the best time the last couple <laughs> of years. Yeah, well, I'm sure he'll. You know, he'll probably be hitting you up again just to check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I probably can make it this time. I don't know when it is, but it's always the last weekend in April. Well, not this year. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> I think actually this year it falls on like the first weekend in May. Oh. I don't know if that makes any difference, but yeah, it's always around that time. Uh, I did play. I played in that once. Um, geez, a long time ago. I feel like it was when it kind of first started. It's a fun uh fun tournament i don't know if you've gone down there with him for it oh yeah yeah. it's it's a pretty good time yeah we we actually go down every year and get a house and um like most of his siblings come and we all stay in the house together and it's kind of like a mini family reunion slash hockey tournament weekend for us yeah get out of fairbanks north pole for a little while yeah, no kidding. Get out of Fairbanks. Um, well, thank you so much for for talking with us. Um, yeah. Definitely sharing, you know, a personal story, but very much appreciated. Not a problem. I've been looking forward to it. And, um, you know, me and Rachel both kind of have always said we wish there was somewhere we could, uh, you know, share Lucas's story. Um you know, was, I mean, people on Facebook, our family and friends obviously know, but maybe some people who have no idea who I am or of the story hear it. And that, you know, that is another thing that's kind of comforting. There's more people will know um, Lucas's story. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know if it um, if it makes you feel. I mean, probably not. But uh, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better or not. But when um, when when we what you know basically watched you guys go through that uh charlotte at that point was only about a month or so old and it really you know those i'm sure you you know those first those first couple of months are normally pretty hard um adjusting to new baby and everything you can't like Mm -hmm. get him to stop crying or you know you can't figure it out and you feel like you're doing everything wrong yeah am i doing it right Uh, yeah (laughs) um and knowing lucas's you know story and and knowing you guys and what you were going through really made us buck up and appreciate what we had and give her that much more love and affection and you know like we are we weren't already kissing her to death we Mm -hmm. amped it up even more and just like really um it really made us appreciate what we had and it it, i think it made us better parents yeah no and you're trust me not the not the first person who's kind of said that like uh you know having a hard day or an argument with my husband or wife or mad at my my toddler for not listening um you know not that I would choose to be the person and, and have that situation to right. help. But yes, yeah, I, I totally understand it. And, um, you know, I do find a little comfort that that, you know, helps people in any way. Yeah, yeah for sure. His his life was uh, on earth was short, but it was impactful. Yeah, very, very um, had a huge impact on obviously on me and Rachel, but, um, you know, I've, I've had a ton of people not approach me, but, you know, message me on, you know, I've been following your journey and, you know, we're praying for you and it, it's nice to have that support. Obviously we had support from our family, but, um, you know, people who I've never really even talked to, um, you know, sent messages and, you know, we're, we're here with you and it's nice. We, it was, uh, it was rough, but it was a lot of people kind of coming together. Um, yeah. You know, and it did, it felt good in, in a hard time. It felt good to have strangers say, you know, kind of like, we're here with you. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks again. Again, I can't thank you enough. Uh, the story is amazing. You guys are amazing. I hope, you know, tell Rachel she's amazing. <laughs> I will. I will. I, thank you guys for having me on. And I look forward to answering somebody's question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks, AJ. Yeah, no problem. I'll see you guys. Hey M&Ms, thanks for joining us once again on Mental Maintenance Monday. We wanted to take time to remind you that your story deserves to be told. That's right, and you can always reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MentalMPodcast, or email us at mmpodcast1 at gmail.com. We love you. Bye.